This is the second interview with John and Mary Mueller. Uh, this is Christmas 2012. The first interview, we talked about your guys' parents and their grandparents and uh, coming to the U.S. This time we want to get more of a feel for your early life, your school life, your home life, things like that. So since we started with mom last time, let's start with dad. Why don't you uh, start talking about your school life? Uh, I went to a one-room schoolhouse for the eighth grades, uh, one through eight, and the older kids helped teach the younger. There was one teacher. She kind of facilitated things, but uh, a lot of the assistance was done by uh, kids that were older than you. So somebody that was two or three years older than you may well have been helping you get your homework or your schoolwork done if you were having problems, and then. If uh, somebody in the classroom couldn't resolve it, then the teacher did. And while you were doing that, she was teaching other, other grades. And uh, we had a boys' and a girls' outdoor bathroom. In winter, we got to shovel the uh, paths out to the bathroom so that uh, you could make it out there through the snow. And uh, it had a coal furnace, and the older kids have to go shovel coal into the stoker and take clankers out and haul those out. Uh, every day you, uh, somebody was assigned for cleaning blackboards and sweeping floors and it was where I learned child labor. <laughs> <laughs> so how did that go with learning? Like at 8th grade level, she must have just been teaching 8th grade level and then have everyone learning from well, each other from below that. She was actually teaching all levels. Uh, and then you're basically helping with the, uh, the homework and things like that. So um, that was pretty much it. We had chores assigned in the morning and then in the evenings, and the teacher did the teaching and the supervising of the work to done, be done, and the kids uh, did the learning and the work. When you had the, the supervisor or the uh, older schools helping out the younger kids, who kind of coordinated that? Did it just happen organically? It just kind of happened. If you needed help, you went to someone, and somebody that wasn't being taught at the time, and, uh, and got your help that way. There wasn't the teacher just standing up in front of the class and teaching? It was kind of. The, the teacher was in front of the class teaching, and she would just go up through the books from one grade to the next. And uh, the kids would kind of go around and, and get help as they needed from, from the other kids in the class. And uh, we walked to school. In the summer, we could cut across through the section, so it was only a little over a mile to school in summer, and it was two and a half miles to school in winter when you had to walk around on the roads, and you couldn't, the snow got too deep to walk through. And I remember Mama always telling us not to touch the power lines not to walk on top of the snowbanks and touch the power lines. And uh, maybe it was just my perception, but uh, there were very, very high snowbanks in those days. Mm -hmm. uh, it was probably nothing for the snowbanks to be 20 feet tall, 15, 20 feet tall. And uh, it was much easier walking along the top of the snowbanks than walking in the road and having to get out of the way when cars came. But uh, she didn't get happy when we walked on snowbanks. The other thing that could happen walking in snowbanks is you could stumble and roll down into the road and have a car or truck coming through. So that was kind of school. 
and uh, on the farm. Grew up on a dairy farm, and uh, we pretty much did everything. I remember uh, driving the tractor, and I couldn't sit on the seat because I wasn't big enough to get up on the seat and push the, the clutch pedals <laughs> and brake pedals for the tractor, so I had to stand up behind the steering wheel so I could push the, the clutch and brake pedals. And uh, we did springs work, and we didn't do plowing and things like that because that required going in a straight line, but uh, harrowing and... Uh, Oh, boy, I don't know. I was pretty darn young. And by the time we stopped farming, I was 12 years old. So everything I remember about being work, I had to be 9, 10, 11, 12 years old as far as working on tractors and things like that. Dad bought his uh, used car dealership when I was 12. Well, I started it when I was in eighth grade and then I went to city school as a freshman. No, I went to city school already as eighth grade. And at ninth grade, I was 13 years old, and I could get out of school early if I uh, wanted to go work at the garage. So I'd get out of school early and go work at the garage and clean cars, and that's what I, I started working on cars when I was 13 years old. So when you were doing the farm work, the tractor work and stuff, that was after school you'd come home and do that, or...? But, well, that was during summers and uh, evenings and, yeah, after school. How long was the school day back then? I don't know. I would think we probably got out of school at 3 o'clock or so. Started at 7.30 maybe in the morning, 7.30, o'clock. Did you have a lot of the same experience, Mom, going to school in the morning? Uh, yeah, but we didn't have a one-room schoolhouse. We were much more advanced than that. Metropolis of Kellersville. We had a Catholic parochial school, so we did have four eight, rooms. eight different grades, and we did have four rooms with four different teachers, most of them nuns, maybe once in a while a lay teacher, but they tried to keep all nuns, and the nuns lived right in the, in the school itself. They had part that was for the nuns to live in. So um, Dad would take us to school, and we would carpool with two other families. So, so many days it was the Shimmons driving, and so many days it was the Huffmans driving, and so many days it was Daddy driving. And I know one day, the Huffmans' car didn't start. So he took us to school in the tractor and what they commonly called the candy wagon. Now, I don't know where his hay wagons were or anything else was, but we all got to school, and the kids were mortified. All of the Huffman kids were mortified that his daddy took us to, you know what I mean when I say the candy wagon? No, manure spreader. <laughs> I still don't know what you the mean. what? The manure spreader. Oh. When you clean out the barn, you had a wagon that you dumped into, and then they would dump out the manure on the fields. And that's when he took us to school. And so I don't know where his hay wagons were or what any other... But that's what he took up to school with all of us kids climbed in the back of the candy wagon and then had to climb out. And his daughters were so embarrassed. We just thought it was funny because it wasn't our dad. <laughs> so candy wagon was actually a euphemism. It was a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the same building again from, from basically until eighth grade? Yes, we went from first grade to eighth grade. And then your home life during that early period was a lot of work at home or? Oh, mine. Well, yeah, it was because Mama had died 
when I was four, so there was Auntie Olive and Uncle Happy, and it was almost understood that you did before Auntie Olive had to ask. So if we had ketchup, if we had hamburgers on the table and nobody had the ketchup on the table, Auntie Olive better not have to get up and get it. One of us would get up and get it. But it didn't ever seem like anybody was ever over you saying that. We just all did it. And I don't know how Daddy ever pulled that off, but um, we had great respect for Auntie Olive and Uncle Happy, and um, she worked very hard taking care of us five kids. Mm -hmm. um, and so I guess we just all learned to help out. Daddy only had one son, and he had four daughters, so two daughters went outside to help with the chores, Sandy and Judy. I stayed in the house with Auntie Olive. Chuck was outside, Patsy was in the house. So I learned a lot about housekeeping and cleaning and cooking. And they learned more about working out in the barn with Daddy. So Auntie Olive was aunt on which side? My mother's aunt, actually my mother's aunt, but was more like Auntie Olive's age. She was... Your mother's age. She was more like my mother's age. She was exactly age. Auntie Olive's age. <laughs> <laughs> she was more like my mother's age. She was a late baby. So her sisters were 20 years old and then she was born. So she was more like my mother's cousin than she would have been my mother's aunt. But anyway, they moved in with us. When Mama died, then Uncle Happy and Auntie Olive moved in to the farmhouse with us. Daddy fixed up an apartment for them. And Uncle Happy stayed in that. And actually, Auntie Olive stayed in the house because Judy was two years old, and Judy started calling her Mama right away. And Auntie Olive started sleeping in the bedroom with Judy, and I don't know just exactly if Judy was crying or whatever the deal was, but it turned out that that's where Auntie Olive just stayed. <laughs> she, she and Judy were very close. And Uncle Happy and Judy were very close. Judy looked at them, I think, more like parents than any of the rest of us did. So you had a lot of uh, occupations for Grandpa Bully in the last interview, but it seemed like it started out earliest as uh, delivering dairy to the processor, did you say, or from the processor? Picking up from the farms and delivering to the processors. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't an occupation that you had to come home from after school and you guys were working on at the same time? The milk route was Grandpa Bowley's and all of my, my dad and all of his brothers had the milk route. Mm -hmm. But once they got married, then more or less they just became farmers or they each did their own thing. So daddy was married and he was a farmer and he didn't help with the milk route anymore after that. Okay, so your dad, My dad was, was farming. farming at the time. He was a dairy farmer until he had a heart attack, and um, then he had to sell the farm. He couldn't. And then we moved out west. Auntie Alvin Happy did not move out with us. We came back. We didn't stay out there. We were only gone a couple months. And that's when Daddy built the house, and Judy, Sandy, and I ran the house. So we became responsible for getting the groceries, doing the laundry, making the meals, cleaning the house. We, were, we just did it as high school, eighth grade high school freshman and high school junior. So high school was a different building than the first building you were in? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we went to grade school at Kellnersville and then went, went to high school at Reedsville. You went to grade school at? Crystal Springs School, which was just a school in, along a country road. And they, they just had schools every so, every uh, Quarter mile? Every township maybe had a school? Every, the, the, by state law, you had to have, 
a school. Every so many miles. Yeah, every 16 miles square maybe or mm -hmm. less. So that's what And then I went to Two Rivers High School. Uh, starting in seventh grade, starting at junior high, they shut down all the country schools in our area and everybody started going to city schools, getting bused into school. Which was pretty and huge. It was big controversy whether those big schools were as good as the little schools out in the country, whether that was beneficial to ship our kids in on the bus every day. But they did. So how was that? What was this? Is what grade? I'm sorry. Seventh, seventh grade. Seventh grade. I started. Although prior to that, it had been first to eighth grade. Then they had this change in the education system when I was in sixth grade. In seventh grade, I went into. Okay. To school, my brothers and sisters started going to elementary schools in, in town and riding on the bus. And depending on, they had a two-hour-long bus route, and if you were the uh, first one on in the morning, you get got on the bus around 5:30, uh, 5:40, something like that, and then you get off of get off of the bus a little after three, a little after four. School got out at four, so you, if you were first one on, you were the first one off. Mm. She'd get off maybe at 4.10, 4.15, something like that. Uh, and if you were last one on, you might not be getting home till 6 o'clock at night, but you didn't get picked up in the morning till maybe 7.45 or 7.40 in the morning. And they'd go through half the year, and then they would reverse the schedule and drive, drive the route in reverse. And if you were the last one on, uh, during the first half of the year, then you were the first one on the second half of the year. Mm. I see that being controversial for all the parents that depended on their kids for helping out with chores and things. If mm -hmm. you're used to being able to help out with chores after school and then suddenly you're not getting home till 6 o'clock and it's getting dark at 6 o'clock. Yeah, you spent a good two hours on the bus every day. Well, but you ran home too. Instead of taking the bus, you'd come home by running home. That's where I got that from. I didn't. Pete did? I don't know if they did. I mean, I, when I went for wrestling, then uh, I had to walk home because there were no activities buses or anything like that. If you didn't catch the bus at 4 o'clock, then uh, you had to figure out how to get home. And Dad would come and pick me up. If I'd work at the garage, he'd pick me up at 3 o'clock to go work at the garage. Okay. If I stayed over for sports, then I had to walk home. And it was, I don't know, 7, 8 miles? Yeah. So uh, high school was more of what we would think of as the regular school with uh, different teachers for different subjects or yeah. only a different teacher for different no. grades? Every, every subject had different teachers. And when we went to school, the seventh and eighth grades are junior, junior high is what they called it. Seventh and eighth grade was divided into three different levels. You had 7A, 7B, and 7C, and you tested before you went to school. And uh, that's where you... That's where you were put, and the, the kids that were in 7A probably started out with algebra for math or biology for science, and the ones that were 7C, they had a general science and a, just a general math that they took. But basically, the idea behind it was that everybody was put in a situation where they could succeed. The guys in 7C probably had more shop classes and things like that. Maybe they just had shop math, where you just had basic uh, arithmetic and things like that. Uh, the 7A kids were more or less considered to be college bound and you'd be taking college prep courses but uh, 
I think it was a great system in that you could get A's on any of those levels uh, where if everybody was at the college prep level like they are now, uh, there would have been a whole lot of kids that would have been failing out. Yeah, they changed the process from testing you out and putting you in what you the parents or the teachers union, somebody decided that that wasn't fair, that you had to have everybody in the same class and not segregate them by ability. And so then it was a lot harder for the teachers to teach at all levels, but somehow they thought that was the better way to go. That happened during our years, our high school years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, by the time I graduated from high school, they had done away with the A, B, and C classification. That lasted maybe three, four years, and then that was decided that that wasn't. So your switch was basically the same, Mom, to... Yeah, I went to a different high school. He had the better high school in that they had more facilities. They had swimming pools and more sports. And I went to a country high school where we had probably a fair, fairly equivalent to education, but not all of the bands and... Well, we did have band, but not quite as much of the swimming and sports. We had tackle had. dummies and things like that to practice on. They had cows out there that they went and tipped. <laughs> we did not. <laughs> Oh, we, we didn't have, that, that was the rumor. We didn't have as much as they had. We, we got a good education. So, Dad, did you play sports in high school? I uh, did wrestling for one season, and uh, then I started going out for track, and I got tired of walking home, so <laughs> I had Dad pick me up at 3 o'clock, and I went and worked instead. <laughs> so I did. I did for one, I don't know, it was... Ten weeks or whatever the rest of the season was. Did you enjoy it? Just wasn't worth the walk home afterwards. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, well, I liked the weight room and all the working out and things like that. That was enjoyable. The, the competition and stuff I wasn't that big on. I was never that good, so I got tired of getting pinned all the time. <laughs> I filled a weight class that they didn't have otherwise. <laughs> Nobody else was there for 165. I had no competition. I couldn't be beat out for my spot because I was the only one. <laughs> you guys were all close enough together that both of you went to high school with your siblings. Yeah. Uh, Sandy was in high school same time I was, and then Judy was in high school same time I was, too, before we were done. Uncle Dave was in high school when I was. He was two years behind me. So when I was a junior, he was a freshman. When I was a senior, he was a sophomore. But otherwise, being the oldest, everybody else was younger than me, and I never went to school with any of them. Mm -hmm. so. Did any of the friends or acquaintances you made in high school last be on there? Jim Cronforce. Cronforce from high school, wow. Mm -hmm. Jim Cronforce and I went to high school together. Wow, I never when knew I, that. When I first started... Uh, no, he didn't. No, uh, seventh grade. He might have, he might have lived out on the farm at the stair house out there. And then eighth grade, they moved in town. John's parents. Eighth were... grade, his mother got married to Eddie, I think, and then Eddie had a house in town, and they moved over there. John's parents, Jane, blame Jimmy Cronforce for all of Daddy's wayward ways, and Daddy's parents blame that Eunice. Jimmy Cronforce. You just blame me for all of Jim's wayward ways. <laughs> so we just worked the two of them back and forth against each other. And the we boys had, just had fun. We had a great time. And I too, I have high school friends that I, we still keep in touch with. So. Okay. Many or? I'm sorry? Many? 
Well, we see Susie Herdina, or Hasmer, every year when we go up pretty much, and mm -hmm. not a lot from my high school. I don't go back to my reunions as often as you do, but really, Jim Coppers is the only probably one. the only one on your side too. Not, yeah. not a lot. Ronnie Husky was the other one, and he died shortly after we got married, mm -hmm. killed in the car accident. What kind of wayward ways were you? Uh, yeah, let's get out of the last time. Getting blamed for it in high school. Well, we just had ways of entertaining ourselves that weren't. Legal. <laughs> weren't legal. <laughs> like what? <laughs> well, you'd have somebody buy you a case of beer and we'd go out and get drunk and come yeah. home drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were 16 by then, maybe, so we are almost adults. And then once you became adults, what were the wayward ways? <laughs> well, then we started going to Green Bay and things. And, Coming home a couple of days later. <laughs> <coughs> Sounds a bit more wayward. I didn't know Daddy then. <laughs> she didn't. It's probably good. It's very good. Probably a good thing you didn't. The transition back uh, from se uh, the seventh grade from the one school all your life to moving in towards the city was that a significant change? Were you nervous about that, or was that just another school that didn't really matter? Well, yeah, it was. Instead of just having one classroom where you had someone there that could help you, all of a sudden you were on your own. And you had a different classroom for every every subject. It was a three-story three -story school that uh, that you went to all your different classes in. And uh, it was a matter of the bus and catching the bus and schedules like that. And, uh, a gymnasium with physical education and a pool. So you had swimming class, and there's just a whole lot of things that you didn't have to deal with in the one-room classroom. You didn't have to shovel any snow to go to the bathroom, though we had indoor plumbing. Couldn't have to fire the stoker with coal. Did you guys both grow up in houses with indoor plumbing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you know people that didn't? But when I think about it now, we basically had one bathroom. Mm -hmm. Uncle Happy had his bathroom in his part. But we had one bathroom for us five kids and Daddy and Aunt Yala. So seven people, you know, showered and bathroomed and everything. We would actually take our baths. I remember taking baths downstairs in the basement with Aunt Yala having a big tub of water. And she'd do all three of us on Saturday night. We never wanted to be the last one in the tub. <laughs> That was always, you filled the tub with water and yeah, you started. So on Saturday night, you said, so you'd only do the baths once a week? Once a week. Yeah, yeah. Once a week, Saturday night, baths. They'd be clean for church Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. That was pretty much it. When we had a, a shower in the basement, that was just a. A hose. <laughs> yeah, it was a drain, a drain on the floor and a shower spigot on the wall and in the corner of the basement, and that's. In summer, when you were working in the fields and doing hay and stuff like that, and you got all sweaty, then you just go down there. And, but it was cold water. There was no long, hot, steamy shower. There was no hot and no steam. Just shower. <laughs> Which made it less long. <laughs> <laughs> Much less long. <laughs> Did you yeah. guys both graduate high school on time? Yeah. Yeah, actually. Was that 18? At the time? No, I graduated at 17. I turned 18 the month I graduated. 
Yeah, I think I graduated when I was 18 in December and graduated then that following year. That's graduated within the top 10 of the class, and you graduated within the top 10 of your class too, I think, no? Top 10, 10%? Yeah, I was. Daddy missed being his class president by one vote? One vote. Yeah, Were you in the A level? Yeah. Mr. Popular over here. Not popular enough. Hmm. Were there any subjects that you really enjoyed, or any teachers that you really remember? Uh, a geography teacher. I like the geography teacher because he was just, he was Mr. Isherwood, my communist. What? He, I come to find out later that he was just chastised a lot because he's tremendously liberal to the point of socialist and, and considered him a communist. But he had traveled all over the world. He was very well traveled. And when he taught uh, geography, he'd have pictures to show you because he'd been here. He'd been to Istanbul and he'd been to this place and he'd been to Paris. And So he'd pass pictures around and show you the pictures of the different places as he spoke about them. And it was just like, it was just like traveling. His class was just phenomenal. It was very, very cool. Because he had done things that I'd never done. Two Rivers was... That was just where I grew up and where I was my whole life. People didn't travel back then. Milwaukee. We went to Milwaukee once for the state fair. That would be huge. That was... Talked about and planned for weeks. That was our travel. What about you, Mom? you have a favorite subject? No. Uh, English, probably, of all subjects, English would be my favorite. I had um, struggled with both science and math and struggled again in college with science mm -hmm. and math and even languages. So English was a breeze for me. But he, Daddy was also real involved with 4-H. Who was 4 -H. the 4-H teacher that you enjoyed so much? We did bird Rich, banding. Bird banding. Yeah, we did bird banding and things like that. Set up nets and caught songbirds and then would... I keep a log of them and put a band on with a serial number, and then the next year, if you caught them, and it was migratory somewhere, migratory in some state, and that was that was fun. I enjoyed that. His parents were involved in 4-H a lot. Mm -hmm. Your dad didn't do much as far as picking you up from school sports and stuff, but they seemed to be very supportive of 4-H. Yeah. My mother was a leader for many years, and they needed a, a leader. Do you think the geography teacher that showed you all these places all over the world, did that uh, help you decision down the road to join the, the Air Force? Not at all. Okay. So when you're... That was a matter of going to jail or joining the Air Force. <laughs> True. So back up to that first. That'll be, that'll be... A, yeah, yeah. I'm that'll sorry. be in a little bit. We'll get there. I would have forgotten about it at that point, so I wanted to ask it now. Go ahead, Joy. When you're 16 and out getting into trouble, what do your parents have to say about that? How did they handle that? Because, you know, if you, if, if one of your grandchildren was 16 right now and getting into that type of trouble, you would just be having a fit. We didn't get in much trouble. What did your parents have to say? How did just, they handle you? We were just operating outside the box. We were outside the box. We were progressives. And, and what did your parents do about that? And the dad would yell and threaten grab you once in a while. Mother would just look at you with disappointment in your eyes. Which is worse, probably. Disappointment. So by the next day she didn't have that in her eyes anymore, so it was time to do. <laughs> Please late. <laughs> 
when you turned 18 and graduated, what was the next step? I went to college for one year at uh, Stevens Point. I was going to be a biology teacher. But uh, then I discovered bars that were open all day and most of the night. So uh, I had a stellar... Sounds like your hobbies have gotten in a stellar, stellar 2.0. Did Jimmy Crawford go to? Uh, no, no, Jimmy didn't. Couldn't blame Jimmy for that one. Couldn't blame Jimmy for but that Kenny one. But Kenny Snell went. You met up there, right? Kenny Snell went. Yeah. I remember him. Any other Any other friends from that one year of college that stuck with you, or no? And yeah. actually, you had met Kenny Snell earlier with 4-H. 4-H, I think. yeah. I was with Kenny and 4-H, and we went on a field trip to Vermont or New Hampshire. Vermont, maybe. How did you get focused on uh, biology teaching? What made you go towards that? I don't know. Kind of, I kind of liked sciences. And at that time, the, the big push was to be teachers. There were shortage of teachers, and there was supposedly all kinds of work for teachers. And so most everybody was going to school to be some kind of teacher. So Uncle Dave went to and was a shop teacher, and Aunt Amy was a home wow. economics teacher. And Actually, all three of And Uncle Pete went for an egg, egg teacher, and then Aunt Nancy, she was the only one that didn't go to school for. But those three were all teachers for the majority of their careers, weren't they? Mm-hmm. All graduated from teaching. Wow. All graduated, retired from teaching. Wow. And the only one that got away from it. Well, and Nancy. Right? She wasn't a teacher. She never started it. She never started it, though. By that time, it wasn't that. It wasn't the place to go anymore. Then everybody had been told to be teachers, and they had a bunch of. No, there are too many of them. Yeah. So before we get to your step after one year of college, mom, when you turned 18 and graduated high school, what was the next step for you? It was assumed in our family we'd go to college, so I went to college. I went to a local college. I wasn't adventuresome enough to even think about going away to college. I was too much of a, I don't know, just didn't have that kind of, I can do anything attitude. I don't know why, why not. But So I went to the local college, which was very good college. It was, it was acclaimed as a teacher's college, recognized throughout all the 50 states, which a lot of, if you got your teacher's degree from there, you could teach anywhere, and that wasn't the case with a lot of other teachers' college. So I went, and I probably, in hindsight, should have gone for accounting because um, I discovered after we were married and doing book work for different times that I really enjoyed working with numbers and um, didn't really enjoy teaching. I did teach for a bit. You went to be a teacher. English? Um, Social studies, broad field social studies. I also liked psychology and psychiatry and sociology. So I got a broad field in that. So it's a natural. Yeah. <laughs> case study, eternal case study. So I, I graduated from there and intern taught at Reedsville High School, which was the same high school I had graduated from just four years earlier. So I was barely older than the kids. You graduated from there in how many years? I graduated from, um, in, well, I was, in, I was um, intern teaching in three and a half years because my last year, my fourth year, would be intern teaching. So yeah, I was three and a half years later. I was back there. Somebody was on the straight and narrow, unlike others. Substance <clears throat> teaching. 
So the kids that were freshmen, no, freshmen were out of there already. The eighth graders. No freshmen, yeah, I guess. You were yeah. teaching as seniors. Even the freshmen at two and a half years, seems like. Well, no, because their first year they would have been sophomores. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Anyway, so yeah, I, I so I, I did that for, but then our Julie was born, and so we started our family right away, and I never went back. I went back substitute teaching, but I never went back to teaching, which was fine with me. I didn't feel adequate as a teacher. I always, the hardest thought, thing I had was if I taught a concept and 90% of the kids got it and 10% didn't, how do I leave those kids behind and teach the next concept for the rest of the kids? And how do I go back and spend time with that and let the rest of the kids be bored? I, I just, I couldn't do that. And um, so it wasn't a good fit for me. Substitute teaching was a good fit. I felt that I could come in and cover the material and teach the kids something and um, be good for a day or a couple of weeks or whatever that was. But I didn't like the full-time responsibility of making sure they were prepared for the next year because if they missed some foundational knowledge and then they were hurt for the rest of their education. I didn't like it. It wasn't for me. So before I get back to Dad's post-one-year adventures, I have a note here about mentors, which seems like a good thing to go over in all your high school. and You were working, I think you talked a little bit about this when you're talking about being at the body shop and your time working at the school and all through high school, through college. Mentors, did you guys have any anyone like that who sticks in your mind? My grandpa Bugway would have been a mentor. He taught me pretty much everything I knew about hunting and fishing and we would tie flies together and he'd take me fly fishing and we would reload shells and we taught me how to shoot and reload shells with powder. Powder. Reload ammunition. Loaded all his own shotgun shells and uh, shells for his deer rifle and everything. And uh, so he taught me all that and how to track and trap and and basic woodworking and different skills like that. What was your father doing while you were uh, hanging out with Grandpa Bugwin? Working. He was selling cars at that time. He was selling cars at that time. Okay. And how did he feel about you out there uh, doing that while he was working? Did he want you to be working with him, or was he fine with you doing that? Well, a lot of that stuff, I was, I was pre-high school. So I might have even been on the farm then. But between the farm and working. Yeah, he seemed to be fine with that. We were walking distance, so we could walk over to Grandma and Grandpa's house that was only two miles away. Who about you, Mom? No, I, I don't think I had any mentors. Um, I think Happy and Olive. Because Mama died, um, I just learned that I'd have to get by on my own. It just My sister Sandy and I were, I'd say, pretty close, but not... Um, she was outside working in the barn and had a completely different um, everything than I had. So I was alone, and in high school I was alone, and I guess I just learned you, you do or die on your own. You know, you just have to make it happen. What are your recollections on your relationship with your siblings, your brother and sisters? 
my oldest two, Patsy and Chuck, I don't know where they were half the time. Yeah. And then Sandy and I and Judy, we three were close. In fact, I think Patsy resented how close we three were. But I think she has a confused idea as to what it appeared like we were so close and that we were that close. Judy and Sandy were closer because they were outside in the barn and had more time to do things. But um, We were close. I mean, we all love each other very much, but I don't think we were as close as what Patsy envies. <laughs> mm -hmm. But we, we were there for each other, I think, again, because Mama wasn't there and Daddy's outside doing the barn work and stuff. So we were each other's confidant and and leaders and go-to people. But it doesn't go to, like, uh, what I was trying to get at earlier, as far as you went to high school with them, you don't remember any stories of coming to each other's raid? Aid? Coming to my sister's aids in mm. the high school or yeah. something? No, I remember my younger sister, finally, at one point, when I started a job after her, she exclaimed, well, finally, I, she now heard people say, oh, you're Judy's sister, instead of hearing, oh, you're Mary's sister all her life. Because <laughs> I was there in high school, and I was there at a lot of the jobs that she followed me up with. Um, but not coming to each other's rescue so much. Um, I don't know. What about you, Dad? Your relationship with your siblings? Uh, just Uncle Dave, the next down, we did some farm work together and things like that. My sisters had a whole different uh, world than, than I had. They pretty much, their world was their oyster and they could do no wrong. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Pete, he was just a little baby. and I had relationships with all of them in that I rocked them and fed them their bottle and changed their diapers and, as they were growing up. Uh, but by the time they got to the point that they were doing anything, I was gone. There Uncle Dave go to, with you on these Grandpa Boogler trips? Oh, uh, once in a while. Yeah, he would go sometimes. But he was the only one. The other ones were too young. They weren't. I think you reaped the most benefit between the grandparents and you. Being the oldest, I think you got the best on that world. Well, I think a lot of times I just went there alone. Did you? Dave went with me sometimes, but not the probably more towards the end. And by the time we were, once we hit the junior high school age, then we, I was working in the garage and Dave didn't. And uh, so then we just totally split off. He, he did school stuff and and I went and worked at the garage. Did either of you have any mentors your own age, or maybe not mentors, but people you looked up to kind of uh, try to follow the paths of um, schoolmates or...? No, not really. I had a friend I that I greatly admired. Um, just thought she was wonderful. I don't know what it was, but I just really enjoyed her. Nothing particularly special about her, I guess, other than she had a great sense of humor and could make people laugh. And you keep in touch with her? No. Actually, at some point in high school, I think we were juniors, I think somebody told her a lie and she got mad at me and uh, didn't believe that I didn't, didn't do whatever they told her I did. And I don't think until we were out of school that the person confessed to her what, what had really happened. It was too late. Yeah. 
So you and all your siblings are fairly close, Dad. You and your siblings there seems to be a lot of friction. Amy and Dave and just, well, just all went their own way. And did did their it all time. start we, as children, or did that happen later on? We just weren't from that always. Close. Yeah. I, how I mean, how far apart are you guys? I was off. Just In age. Uh, well, I'm. Aunt Nancy is ten years younger than I am, so basically two years. Two years apiece. Two years apiece. Pretty much us two. There's just a, a whole different set of requirements of being the oldest than there was anything else, it, it seems. Well, you did have different dynamics. Your dad did treat the girls as though they could, that they were perfect, and the boys always had to come up to meet some standard. And mm -hmm. in my house, we were just all family, and it was just. You watch out for one another and your family, you know, it was... You know, so you watched out for yourself. Yeah, it did seem that way in you your did. house. You watched out for yourself, which was foreign to me. But you didn't meet them until you were fully adult, basically. Yeah, and, and that occurred to me after we were married and Daddy was still watching out for himself. No, no, we're married. I watch out for you, you watch out for me. That doesn't work that way. And it was like a revelation to Dad, and a revelation to me that he didn't, he didn't know about that. It's like, oh, you know, everybody doesn't grow up the same. Okay, well, um, I think that the next logical step is going to be uh, where Dad goes after year one of college, so I'm going to kind of lead our next couple of questions as a cliffhanger for the next time we <laughs> get together. So how did that year of college end there, Dad? Uh, I, like I said, I, had a, I think I had a 1.9 or 2.0 or something. Uh, it wasn't anything like I had straight A's before that. And uh, so my dad, my parents were paying for my college education. I said, we're not going to pay for this anymore. And my um, it was there. Draft number? Draft number was 63 or 4, which wasn't good. Can you explain that? What's a, can you explain the draft number? At that time, you went and registered for the draft, and then they had a lottery system, and uh, they would take the first from this number to this number this year. And uh, they were taking thousands, and so 64 meant that you were going for sure. Yeah. <laughs> the Vietnam War was going on. Right. And yeah. when you went, then you would end up without a choice of what branch you went into. If you were drafted, yeah. you mean. If you were drafted, yeah. You got to be Army or Marine. At that time, they were drafting Marines. When I went in, they... You don't want to be Marine, Dad? Had us count up. No, Marines <laughs> had a very short longevity at that time. That's why they needed to be drafting them, because they were killing them faster than they could... Train them. Yeah. So uh, I decided I was going to go in the Air Force instead. So you were at the end of, end of that year of school. You also had gotten your draft number. And I'd also borrowed one of my dad's cars. No cliffhanger. Here's the story. <laughs> no, that's fine. The cliffhanger. I borrowed will... one of his cars without his permission for the weekend. The cliffhanger will be so that the adventures the, beyond. A Either I'm going to have you arrested or you're going in the military. This is where this is going. His parents really did not like it that he was smoking, drinking, leaving the house on Friday, not calling, not returning, not... I was always to work on Monday. 
and not coming back until Monday morning at work. So mamas don't like that, and if mamas don't like it, then daddies don't like it. But grandpa also didn't drink at all. No. Or smoke. Yeah. All this detestable behavior. Was. So they, they were at their wit's end as to what to do with them. Well, you asked, what would you do with your child? At 16. <laughs> yeah, and then it had, it had gotten worse. So they were at their wit's end. I mean, they were good parents. They loved you. They just didn't know what to do with you. Yeah, hey, I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> <laughs> so the... So, so, you so 19, so I, 20, 19? I was 19. So you enlisted? I enlisted in the Air Force. No, we didn't hear enough of that story. So you took the car... <laughs> I took the car and I returned it. And there, were there was no, no there were scratches. There were no scratches. Oh, I'm on picturing it. a crash or yeah. no. No, there were no scratches on it. That's later on. That's, yeah, actually, no. a, just a just a borrow was way less of a story than I was expecting. In fact, I would have thought that I would have. You didn't see the problem, did you? <laughs> I didn't. Didn't see the problem at all. I'm gonna have this baby back before he gets to work on Monday morning. Well, he went down the garage on Sunday, car? and the car was gone. Can we, can we ask, what did you need the car for? <laughs> Get to Green Bay. Just go to Green Bay, yeah. Oh. And what, what was kind it of, his What car kind of car was it? Yeah, this is his car to... What kind of car was it? Was it a Ferris Bueller? This is a, you know... Car, the car to impress someone? Yeah, well, if you're going to take a car, you may as well take the nicest convertible we've got on the lot. <laughs> this summer. Oh, this was, oh. A de- this was a dealer car. So this what, was what car, car yeah. was it? It's his, his dad had his own used car lot. Right. So Daddy way. takes the nicest car on the lot and goes away for the weekend and thinks, well, it'll be fine because I'll have it back by Monday morning. <laughs> so you were driving his car. Sixty-six Fairlane five hundred convertible with the three ninety in four speed. It was just <laughs> a nice car to go to Green Bay with. <laughs> Sounds like. It. And what were you doing with the car in Green Bay? Were you impressing? Uh, uh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> Dad, we don't we don't understand this. So just explain it to us because we have never been there. I didn't know if you were like racing other cars or if you were just trying to impress girls. Well, a little bit, but. <laughs> Brought it back in one piece. Which is what I like. The tire wear was not was negligible. Okay, but by so that racing, time, racing cars. by that time, how by many cars? Time. How many cars had you had to replace rather than wash? Why well, had it? Few. <laughs> <laughs> More than well, three. Those are all mine. They were all his. He bought them. Oh well, yeah, it's different. They were and all then, mine. They and then he had to. Fix them up. I'd spend my weekends quite often, good part of my weekend, fixing cars and getting Slow ready. Learner. So ready. Well, <laughs> it had to be ready by Saturday night. Saturday night we went out to Green Bay for sure. Unless we went out Friday night. So in college you were staying at home still? No. You weren't? Mm-mm. You just came home to steal cars. He went to Stevens Point College, which is part of the university. So that was summer school. So you were, by then you were right? at the oh. university all week, and then they expected you home for the weekend, or no? I stayed at the university during the summer. He said. When he, from, oh, from six, sorry. yeah, from sixteen to eighteen, May. before he left for college, he already started the weekend. I, this was June, weeks. in fact. I think oh. I had been home for a month. And then, yeah, then he came home for his. Summer break. It's not His real clear, but grades I, were there were definitely not things stellar. went on. I remember certain fights. And his parents were pulling their hair out. And again, I didn't know him at this time. I just full yeah. disclaimer. Total disclaimer. Yes, I didn't know. So uh, okay. it was just a phase. Really? The, uh, well, the next phase was the military. So yeah, the uh, yeah. We're closing in in an hour. I think the next. 
uh, step of this is probably going to be dad's military time and then mom and dad meeting. So I'd like to close it out around now. Do you guys have any more questions you want to get to before we close it out for this trip? Just right. awe. Shock. Your poor parents. That's all I can well, Actually, uh, what, so you were you were going out to bars and drinking in high school, but then it, and you were still getting straight. Not bars. I'm, we couldn't go to bars in high school. They were getting, people were oh, buying so beer. So why did you go up to Green Bay? Where did you go to Green Bay? That was college. That was college, right? You were gone with Donnie Wahusky. It was 18 there was 18-year-old okay. Yeah. Um, so you were doing that... Okay, so you were drinking in high school and you are still pulling straight A's. It changed yeah. in college just because you were away, you were on a separate campus, and then you drink kind of... I was going to class, but it didn't help. Okay. Was it just because it was a, cool, a fun environment and you got Party distracted? Town. I got distracted. Okay. It wasn't my fault. I was easily distractible. I don't know if there's anything else going on. You may have had ADD. It may have been medically diagnosable. I didn't know if there's anything else going on that pulled you away from classes if it was just no. that. Okay. Any good, legitimate reason why you wouldn't have performed well? No, nothing. No, no, no. <laughs> but Besides going, not going to any class. <laughs> I feel like it's a pretty, going to class pretty strong reason. Would have uh, yeah, probably made us. Well. I thought it would be pretty good getting a D in sociology <laughs> for never going to class. <laughs> really? Exactly. Really. <laughs> Sounds like my math in middle school. <laughs> That's what pulled my average down. Otherwise, I'd have been up uh, two point something. Okay. Jen wants to know what music you were listening to at the time. Yeah. I also have a complete step on here for the different eras and trends that you went through. We'll get to 60s, 70s, and disco. <laughs> That's going to happen, so don't you worry about that, Jen. Okay. <laughs> We had the best music in the world. You still listen to our music. There's so many songs that they've redone. They remake songs. You say songs. that, but they, they really don't. No. They, well, now Smashing Pumpkins wasn't even around then. They were, yeah. might have not been born yet then. No, probably. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap it up for this trip and uh, meet you guys again at the next family get together. It's been okay. a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Thank you, you guys. Fun.